This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now Loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, good evening, welcome in to another edition of the Adrian Heath Show. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. As always, joined by the man himself, head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are we tonight? Wet. Yes, very, very drizzly, yeah. damp, wet evening I here in the Twin Cities. I thought back in Manchester. This is miserable. I don't know how you English people deal with this all the time. Yeah, well, if you're born in the sort of Northwest, as I, as I was, or at least somewhere very close to the Northwest, you get used to this. The uh, grey, dark skies and uh, the light drizzle or the heavy rain, one or the other. So, no, it was a great morning for training, actually. You, you know what it's like. Players love it when it's there's no wind and the, 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 the surface is beautiful and there's rain coming in. So we had a really good day's training, so it's been a good day. I don't. You're right about playing in those conditions, but you're not right about getting used to this. I could never get used to it. I'd rather take the snow, the cold, over this. Give me snow instead of wet rain at least it's when i not cold when i left spain living in barcelona where it was beautiful blue skies every day i went back and signed for a club in england and it rained for 54 days straight and you just for 54 days <laughs> no, questioned no, no. what you Four were doing days, I, was in, I thought what the hell have i done <laughs> talk about making bad decisions but uh, hey it's the least of our worries a little bit of rain that was the uh the same conversation and questions my my wife now wife had when we were just dating and I we were engaged actually and I told her we were going to be moving from Orlando up here to Minnesota and she was like well the only thing I know about Minnesota because I think it was about mid-February was that we had just seen that it was the the winter they were coming off of here where it was like negative 40 degrees Mm. of a wind chill and we had just seen it because we knew some people up here and we were kind of half kidding like oh sucks to be them with that huh and then sure enough a couple weeks later (laughs) Karma came around and bit us, and the you know what, and and we were on our way up here to be joining all those miserable to bring it now to, neighbors to bring it back to football terms. When we signed Doe in Quintero, we were down in Panama, and I sat in this room in this hotel with him talking about what we were trying to do, what the project was. We're building a brand new stadium, new training facility, and at the end he went, "The weather is cold, no?" <laughs> and I like went, it didn't matter anything yeah. else you had just and said. Well, a little bit in the winter, but hey, we're off then. We're <laughs> off then, you know, January, February, uh, January, December. You won't be in. You'll be back in Mexico, back in Colombia. So, yeah, we managed to talk him around. We didn't really uh, elaborate too much about the weather in that part, that time of the year. All right. Well, speaking of that time of the year and talking weather, look, this isn't a show where we're meteorologists. We're not going to break it down, but we also know it, it's it's turning. It's shifting soon enough. So yep. we're going to enjoy it while it lasts. And, and when you think back, to the summertime, you think of transitioning into fall. The only thing you can think of in Minnesota is the great Minnesota get-together, the state fair. We were out there last Tuesday night. Unfortunately, during the time frame of the fair, we only get one Tuesday night out at the fair. So we only got one episode of the Adrian Heath Show live at the fair. But Adrian, was that one episode, that one evening, that one hour, hour and a half beforehand, 
the hour during this show and that 30, 45 minutes afterwards. Was that was that good enough for you? Did you enjoy the fair? Did you get enough of it? Did you, did you leave yourself time to go back again or was it just the one and only for you? One and done. That was it? Yeah, one and done. Full belly when I left, eating all them, the foods. Disappointed that we couldn't, but the queues were that big at all the different... Uh, all the different food stores, all the trucks that we couldn't get the, some of the food that we wanted to try. It wasn't for lack of effort. As no, we know, I drug a, you around the entire fair with me. But when there's a 40-yard queue for virtually every bit of food there, you know, so... No, it's a, it, obviously, it's a great tradition here in this part of the world and uh, the people seem to love it. And, and for us, it's a great opportunity because you do get to meet some of the supporters that came up to the, you know, the uh, ESPN 1500 uh, booth there and we had a, the nice little chalet that we were in. It was... Uh, and it's always nice to meet the supporters because as as I always say you know we must never forget who we who we represent and who we play for yeah and you're right and, and it was uh, it wasn't long before we got to the fair people started recognizing you stopping you saying hello hey coach how are you and everything it was it was quite fun going with you through the fairgrounds and uh, as we got to the corner of Dan um, Dan Patch Park there and we got set up at the porch we had a great great time thank you so much to the wonderful listeners who came out fans of the show stopped by said hello that was really fun to get a chance to meet everybody we quite enjoyed that as well as the live on location shows that we do so uh, we are grateful as always for everyone that listens in tunes in hopefully we can provide a good, good enough show for you guys that you enjoy listening to and then come out and saying hello so we appreciate that now, Adrian as we wrap up the fair and going over all of that you have time to break it down now. Do you still stand by it? Was the was the poke bowl the best thing you ate there that I put in front of you? Surprisingly enough, I was really surprised because I'm very much when I look at food, I can normally tell whether I'm going to like it or not. And I had a look at that poke poke bowl. Whatever, what is with that the, right? With the tuna from Cafe Caribe. Yeah, and it was uh, it tasted an awful lot better than it looked. I've got to be honest. Well, you know what. I was excited that we got to do that. That's my favorite bit all year long. Now it's 360 some odd days before we get to do that again. Hopefully next year we'll be back out there doing the same show, doing the same testing with some more foods at the fair, and we'll get a chance to to look forward to that next fall. But what we got to look forward to right now for Minnesota United, it's kind of this weird time frame as we're talking with head coach Adrian Heath of Minnesota United. Since we last talked, we were able to recap the Kansas City game, but this past weekend, there was no game. No. This weekend, there is no game for Minnesota United. So you've got this weird two-week break, two-and-a-half-week mm-hmm. break between yeah. games. Yeah. Let's talk first of all, before we get into the team, what did you do for the the weekend that you had mm-hmm. off? You gave some of your players time off. What did you do? Well, I had, I, as you know, I had planned to go to Chicago, see some friends. And you were going to take Mrs. Heath? Yeah, going to take Mrs. Heath and have a, a you know, a, a little bit of a rest and a little bit of enjoyment. And something cropped up and uh, eventually we didn't do anything. So I ended up three hours on the lake on Saturday and on Lake Minnetonka, which was lovely. And then Sunday stayed in, watched football all day and went from there. So, uh, but it was nice just to get a... You know, a couple of days where you actually don't have to get up early and think about what the training schedule is going to be, what you're going to try and do in training. So it was nice. And and the good thing for a lot of the players, you know, if you look at this period of time, we have to decide what we're going to do with them. And you take each case on its own merits. So do you do you literally sit down with the coaching staff? Coaching and staff, say athletic trainers, Stacey and, and Mitch and the guys, and then... All the strength and conditioning coaches would sit down and basically go through them individually. To each say, player. Each player. Where do we feel he is in this season? 
Does he need more work? Does he need rest? Does he need, you know, do, has he got to have physio for the next two or three days? And by this time of the year, you know what it's like. There's most of the guys are carrying little knocks. It's like Brent Coleman's played virtually every minute for the last three months. Had a hip problem. For us, it was a perfect opportunity to let him have Thursday, Friday, the weekend off, Saturday, Sunday, and come in Monday afternoon for training. Honestly, he, he said he felt so so bright and he just felt refreshed and energised. So for Brent, for his, for the reasons for him, it was perfect. It was just get away, don't even think soccer, don't even watch exactly. soccer, get out on a lake somewhere and just exactly. love your life. And But then you look at Romario Obara, who eventually got called up for the national team, but he was in all, all the way through. He left here Saturday to go and meet up with the team on Sunday, but he was through. Darwin Quintero, been injured, had a few issues. Darwin's trained. We've managed to get some really good work into him. Angelo, Angelo Rodriguez, he felt as though he was needed to keep getting sharper and sharper. Didn't want to have a break. Jerry Thiessen, who's been in, injured. So, you know, it, it was horses for courses. It was a different plan for every individual. But you know what it's like. It, it's amazing this time of the year. You, you give some guys two or three days off and it's like you give them the earth. They come back different. They come back refreshed. And I think... You know, you know what it's like in a, in a locker room, Jamie. Sometimes you just need to get away from each other. Yeah, for a you while. can't you can't miss somebody if they're not gone, and and you're yeah. around these guys every day. Yeah, literally every day. Because even when you play on a Saturday night and Sunday's considered a day off, you're still traveling yeah. all day with them, and the so, team's in for Monday. So there really is no full days off. You know, somebody asked me, did they think it'd come at the right time because of the importance of the next few games? And I said, actually, I think it's come at a perfect time for us. I really do, and. Um, you know, we've only trained a couple of days since we've been back, but the, the level of intensity and the, just the, the mood around the group has been very bright, very buoyant, and uh, it's been it's been really nice to get back to with the guys and seeing them in the frame of mind that they're in at the moment. Yeah, you talked about uh, Romario Barra getting called up for the national team. Also, Francisco Calvo, Rasmus yeah. Schuller getting called up respectively for their national teams. So what I want to do when we come back... I want to actually talk to you about those international call-ups, the timing of it with this break, those guys going off doing that, uh, what you feel about players getting called up for international call-ups during the middle of season, during the middle of stretches of important games. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about what the rest of this break looks like. So when we come back, we'll dive more into that. We're still going to break down the English Premier League pick-ems that we did. Pickham's the, the obviously the phrase we coined last week. Adrian loves that. And we'll talk more about Minnesota United with head coach Adrian Heath. Manny Hill's in the booth producing. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. Adrian. Been doing well lately, as you guess the bumper songs coming back from break. I can tell by the look on your face right now, you don't feel super confident with this one, do you? I do know it. Just because you play the air guitar over there and yeah, nod your yeah. head doesn't mean you know it. Manny Hill, I don't think he's getting this one. Uh-oh. See, go on, go on, what is it? There we go, Manny. We, we stopped got him. him. I think we got him. Gotta get away by the Black Keys. No. You were never going to get there? No. No. I I think I've heard it before, though. I wouldn't have known what it was. When when, When the first note hit, man, and he started shaking his head,
playing the air guitar. You were panicking again. I thought, here we go again. <laughs> Just when I think we've stumped him. Yeah. He was going to get it. But then the table's turned. It's, 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 it's American, only American music you keep going on. You never go down the English route, do you? Why would we? Okay, all right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> If we do that, you're just going to get it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Adrian Heath, with me tonight. As always, here in the 1500 ESPN studios, the TCL Broadcast Studios. All right, we're talking about this weird break, two and a half weeks off between games, you know, three-fourths of the way through the season. But it's not a complete break because your team will actually be, actually be on full display this Saturday, <laughs> September 8th. The team is doing their annual season ticket holder get-together where they get all of the season ticket holders together. They get to go watch a training session up at the National Sports Center, the uh-huh. newly renovated National Sports Center. Uh, your team will put on a, a, a well-constructed training session for that uh, Kendra De St. Aubin and myself will be doing some uh, speaking engagements with the fans. Callum Williams, actually, fun fact, will not be with us. And that is because the following day, he convinced a lovely lady named Stacy to say, I do, and really? to marry him. Really? So he will be getting married in Kansas City. He won't be with us. Good for him for convincing Stacy because she is incredibly, what's, what's his phrase, I'll kick this coverage. Mm. She is just... He's batting way above his average. Kind of like you and I as well. So yeah. he, he he falls right into the category, right into the club it's with us. It's amazing how you can still fool people, eh? <laughs> I'm just glad I got my wife when I was an athlete. I don't think she'd marry me now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so Cal won't be with us. So we're going to be doing that this Saturday. Adrian, for you, my question though, when you do these season ticket holder events and you start to construct the training session, knowing that there will be several thousand season ticket holders there. Yeah. How do you go about that? What do you do to kind of cater to that audience to know that they will be there when this may be the once or twice that they see your team train all year? First and foremost, we will always work back from the next game. Okay. So we go to DC on the Wednesday, the following Wednesday from, from that Saturday, from that Saturday. So game Wednesday night, Tuesday, train and travel, Monday, tactics, you know, a little bit of tactics for a couple of days. Sunday now we'll be then really concentrating on it. So that Saturday we will very much work backwards from Tuesday, uh, from Wednesday, to decide what we think the players need. Once we get the an understanding of what we think the players can do, what type of work they need, is it condition, is it generic, or is it tactic stuff, we will then look at what we're going to put on. Now, obviously, when you know you've got like a couple of thousand season ticket holders coming, you want to make it lighthearted. You want them to see goals. You want them to see crossing and finishing. You want them to see all the things that supporters enjoy watching, supporters enjoy seeing. So we will then work from, as I say, from the game backwards. And normally we try and put a little bit of everything on, maybe a, a really good warm up, a mess about with the ball. Then we'll go and do some possession work and then finish with a small-sided game and then maybe do some finishing so the, so the crowd can see plenty of goals going in. Nice. Okay, so that's fun. So there is, there is the mindset of there are people here, so let's make sure to have a good finishing drill at the end. And unlucky for Bobby Shuttleworth, Pat Lampson, Alex Cap. They're goalkeepers, who cares? <laughs> Spoken like a true forward and laughed at by a former forward. Yeah. So I completely understand that one. Tough one, guys, standing well, there a, and just it, take 200 shots consecutively. Well, it's a great day for us, and it's obviously the supporters really enjoy it. They come out, 
they get to have a little bit of a banter with the with the players. As obviously, you know, the players are there taking photographs, signing autographs. So it's it's just another occasion that you can get closer to the people who come and support you every week. And uh, you you know that sometimes it's a burden, but I think the players really enjoy these occasions because. You know, they, they know the importance of the people who come and watch and play every week. Well, certainly. And nobody understands that more than yourself as somebody who's kind of a, a man amongst the people always. So to put on a good training session, I can understand and see where you're coming from. That I always wondered how that went as a former player, if that went into consideration. You thought maybe it did, but it's interesting to actually hear you say that. Um, so that'll be this Saturday again for the season ticket holders. Uh, I'm sure if you're a season ticket holder and you're listening, you know all and well about it. Sean Sicknick and his guys do a great job. Guys and gals in the ticket department, they do a wonderful job and make sure everyone's keyed in on all those events. We're looking forward to seeing you all out there on Saturday. Um, all right, so we switch gears and we start talking about breaks from MLS play. But there's also the international window currently going on uh, this coming weekend. Excuse me. So Minnesota United had three players called up. Yep. You have Rasmus Schuller with Finland. Uh huh. Francisco Calvo yep. with Costa Rica. Yep. And then the aforementioned Romario Abara, who we talked about last segment, going with Ecuador. Yep. As a coach, you can be completely yeah. candid because it's just you, me, and Manny Hill sitting here talking. Does it bother you a little bit when the call-ups come during the middle of the season, especially at this juncture of the season when points are at a premium? Yeah, it does. But being a player myself, and I always, I know how much it meant to me playing for my country. You know, I would have travelled around the world to have played 45 minutes for play for England. So when the opportunity arises for the players, they go with our blessing. You hope that the coaches are understanding of where we are in the season, how important our next few games are. And we also understand the importance for them. You know, these are friendlies. So this will be, hopefully, the, the coaches will use a little bit of common sense, maybe not use them for both games for full 90 minutes, which you hope. If these are World Cup qualifiers, I understand, you know, the, the coach of Costa Rica or Finland or, or uh, Ecuador, he's not too bothered about what we're thinking over in Minnesota. And quite rightly so. He's, he's got a nation to look after and, uh, you know, you know what, how important it is Certainly, as well yeah. for these countries to qualify for the World Cup or the Gold Cup, whatever it may be. But the most important thing for us is do they get treated well when they get away? We, we work hard with them with their travel to try and get them back as quickly as possible in the most convenient way. You know, one of the issues we've had with certain countries over the years, not just me, but everywhere, you know, if they can do it on trains, planes and automobiles, they will, which is not ideal for the player coming back because nine times out of ten, he's got a game two days later maximum or maybe even a day later. Sure, yeah, you look at, uh, like, for example, Francisco Calvo, who plays on, what, the 7th and the 11th. They'll play against South Korea uh, on September 7th and they play Japan on September 11th. Minnesota United has a game in D.C., on the 12th. Yep. So ideally, if let's say he didn't play on that game, the 11th, or maybe he only plays you know, sparingly, then you start to go, well, maybe he could be a part of the fixture on the 12th. Now, let's keep in mind, he's also suspended for this game, but, but also for you, argument's sake. But for argument's sake, you would actually ask the coach, because that's the dialogue you hope that you get with the coach. If you're only going to play him in one game, could you play him in the first game? Sure. And then we'll even let you have him for another couple of days to be with the group. To be with the group. And then the, can we get him back two or three days before our game in D.C.? In a perfect world, that would have been right. what would have Now, you happened. won't have to worry about it this time because he is, well, I mean, I guess if he is going to play for the first game and not the second one, then he would be eligible. Yeah. 
Well, so then, then you start to go, well, I think, he could have been with the team, right? He could be with the team. But is, but I think the realistic thing, playing in Korea and in Japan and hoping to play the, the day after would be very, very difficult. But obviously, it's it's an area to look at. I sure. think that's the best Absol- way to describe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So Romario Barra, we talk about him. Now, it's been kind of a crazy whirlwind couple of months for him. Yeah. Now we're on two months, and, and here he is making the move to the United States. Yeah. He comes in, he's already scored a goal now, he's contributed in a couple of games now, still working his way back to full fitness, as you can kind of tell when you watch him play, but when you see him get called up to the Ecuador national team already having a couple of caps, just a, just two, I believe, two caps, I think two goals as well in those matches, is that one of those cases where you as a coach, you're you're okay with him going at this point because it's great for his confidence and, and where he's at, it's more fitness for him? Well, you're hoping that he will be involved because the one thing about him now, he's got himself to the stage where we've got his weight down. We've got him, we think, reasonably match fit. If he could get 90 minutes in the game against Jamaica on uh, Saturday, Friday, it would be fantastic for us. It really would because then, you know, he's got another 90 minutes under his belt. What What I don't want to happen is he's gone there and he's away for a week, eight days from the group and doesn't play 90 minutes or doesn't play many minutes because they aren't going to do a lot of training in between because right, the two them, games in short periods of time. They're just managing two games in four days. So it's like a six, seven-day wasted period. Yeah. yeah, a wasted period for us. So you're hoping that that's what will happen to him. And obviously, we spoke with the uh, the Finnish coach, came over and spent a few days with us recently. He's fully aware of what we feel with Rasmus, and I think he's he's on board. I think a lot of the coaches are understanding because most of them have been club managers at some stage. They understand that, you know, you go with your blessing, look after him, bring him back in the best possible condition. And if you can, you know, keep bearers in mind when you're making decisions for the two games in a very short period of time. So you, so Marku Kinerva, if I'm saying that right, he was just over here and you got a chance to, to spend some time with him and chat with him. When national team coaches do come, maybe they scout, maybe they get a chance to, to talk with you. How are those conversations? Is it about just your player? Is it is it you also picking his brain about other players that yeah, may want to sure. come? How, how do those conversations go? Well, I, I think everybody's different and everybody's, you know, some people a bit more closed off. My uncle came in and literally I was nearly late for training. He came in and we, we just, from 8 o'clock till 10.30 we were going at it. He was talking about the game in America and much it's progressed, the stadiums, the players, the young players. And then we got talking about his players. What's the current state of Finnish football? What are your facilities like? Incredibly, he says they're even falling behind Iceland now, which he never would have said 20 years ago. Wow. So it just goes to show how much their two countries are in different different cycles now. Progress in their region. Exactly. You know, and it's there to all to see on the on the, on the national stage or while Iceland have done. Europe, Euros and in the World Cup. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it it's really interesting. And he, obviously we talked about shapes and formations and where we feel it will go because international football is different than club football. You know, every every point is so important for the national team. So it, it would, I really enjoy it when they come over. You know, we always treat them very well and I think they're always really appreciative of that when they leave. You know, we got a really nice letter on Finnish head paper and saying, looked after me so nice, well. Nice, thanks for the hospitality, all and that. The, and the, what, the most important thing is, Jamie, that is a building a relationship that one day, it might be one day that we just need a favor from him where you go, is there any chance you don't play Rasmus on Saturday because we've got a game on Tuesday? It's a huge game for us. 
they just might help you out. Yeah, so that, that makes complete it's sense. A little give and take, and you know that's when you're building them relationships. Yeah, or he, vice versa. He may say, "I know it's maybe an inexperienced squad, but a guy like Rasmus has a bunch of experience, and he's a leader in the group and a part of the core group. Can we maybe bring him in for this, even though we may not play him a lot?" And you may say, "Okay, yeah, because you actually know him and you know where he's coming from." When he asked that, not going, "Who's this guy?" Just wanting to bring him in with a lower. Yeah. younger experienced group and that happens sometimes where they go listen it happened to us recently i won't name which which coach it was sure. and which country it was he rang me and said if i have any chance of keeping this job i need to get a result in these next two internationals i'm asking you would you mind releasing your players and it wasn't that bad for us you know the players were going to be back three days before our next game and i went for sure so you hope down the road they reciprocate and There'll be a time when we actually need to favor ourselves. Yeah, fascinating to see the inside of how those conversations go at the top level. Uh, well, thanks, Adrian, for kind of breaking us into that, uh, breaking the ice a little bit there and, and letting us dive a little deeper into what life is like at the international level with the interactions between head coaches of MLS teams and of national teams. So uh, really insightful there. Um, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're on a break. When we come back, I want to stick for the first couple of minutes of next segment back on the topic of national teams because I, we didn't get a chance to talk about Ernie Stewart making his comments about the U.S. men's national team. And I found this very interesting. And Adrian, you have an opinion on it. I want to get that when we come back. So stick around. Adrian Heath, Manny Hill, myself, Jamie Watson, right here tonight on the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. Adrian, again, I'm looking at your face, much like at the end of last segment when we came back, or the beginning of last segment. This is a layup. Man, he's got to get this one. Eddie Grant, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's Eddie Grant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just winding me up like you're, are you, is this a bit of showmanship you're doing right now? Electric Avenue. Ah! Uh, if you're anything, you're patient. Well You've done well the way to the chorus. Hey, I was, uh, you know, when you first hear it, you go, I know this one. Yeah, I guarantee everyone listening is sitting there going, Yeah, we know this one. So, Eddie, Eddie Grant was the lead singer for which pop group there? The Eddie Grant band. It's very easy when you're sitting the, there and throwing it out. Yeah, of course. Questions Hold on, I asked the questions yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Adrian Heath on the Adrian Heath show presented by Heineken. It's the equals, by the way, right? Yeah, hey, Manny. Man of my own. Of course, I had to go on Wikipedia and look it up. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just typing faster. He's over there scrambling away, yeah. getting the answer. Smart man. He was stalling much like yourself. Hey, but by the way, you know when you're getting old, you remember the group he was in originally, not when he's left and he's starting another <laughs> the career. The second one and the third one. Right. No, that's, uh, that's a fun game. It's always uh, always exciting. Adrian, one for two. We'll yeah. try to sign you the next break when we come back. But for now, we were talking international call-ups before. Now let's kind of switch over to more. Uh, let's combine the two. Let's go your world and the international call-ups. And let's go to uh, the international coaching ranks right now. And the day, a day ago... Paraguay named Juan Carlos Osorio, the head coach of the Paraguay national team. Uh, there had been a lot of talk that maybe he had been in contention. Obviously, the U.S. men's national team has Dave Sarakin as the interim coach until the end of the year. Ernie Stewart having been named general manager, first ever general manager for U.S. soccer. Um, he is tasked with hiring the next coach 
the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. But there's really been kind of mums the word so far on mm-hmm. who it's going to be and when it's going to be. Dave Serkin got extended with his interim title through the end of the year. But there's been talk now, words coming out, that there's kind of a timeline of when the decision will be made. That decision won't come, though, until late December, early January, right around the first of the year. I wonder why that is. Yeah, you you said something very interesting earlier when we talked. Well, you would think off air. You said something about that timing says a lot. Yeah, about the potential hire. So you would think that whoever they're going to hire would be actually working in MLS now, because that's when the season ends. Even if you go all the way to the final, and you go in, yeah, you go anywhere else in the world, they're still right yeah. in the middle of the season. Yeah. So, so chances are they're not leaving now. If it was somebody so it else, it would be somebody out, but you know, out of work. Okay. There's always plenty of coaches out of work. Well, in the off-season as well, you can make yourself out of work if you resign from your club duties. But if they were out of work, they could make that appointment now. Sure. So you you would lead you to believe that maybe um, the guy that they're going to hire is probably in employment in the MLS now, I, I would think. Okay. So then that leaves us to speculate, which is the fun thing to do. You don't normally like the speculation as a head coach, but... Yeah. I work in the media. Yeah. I love speculation. Yep. So let me throw something at you. Maybe a dark horse. If we're going to go through MLS coaches and we're going to talk about potential names. And it may be one that makes a lot of sense. And it may be one that you go, hmm, that's interesting. Yep. Because they have national team experience. Tata Martino. Yep. I'll throw that name out at you as a potential dark horse for the U.S. men's <laughs> national team job. How th- do you feel about that one? I, first and foremost, obviously, it would be a great great hire. Um, I'm a little bit conflicted because I honestly believe that it should be a, a U.S. guy, an American guy, should be the coach. Um, I don't always think that, but I think for this, this go-round, I think it needs to be because I'm really excited about the future of American soccer. This This current group, the Will Trap group, the Tyler Adams, you know, the Pulisic... Josh Sargent, Weston McKinney. Tim Weah as well. Tim Weah now, you know, the goalkeeper at, um, what's your name, the kid at Columbus. Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen. I'm really excited about this group. So I think that this this next hire is so important. I really do. And you think the one advantage other coaches may have in MLS, opposed from Tata Martino, is being American and understanding maybe a little bit of that? Language. Yeah? Language barrier. Ooh, well, okay. Tata, you know, Tata hasn't hasn't done one interview that I've seen in English yet. I was on the sideline for you two. You guys, you, there was no language barrier when you two were talking back and forth a little bit during the middle the of the game. The language we were speaking doesn't need, it's, it's the worldwide language. It was language. very universal. Yeah. And then the hug afterwards was yeah. universal as well. Exactly. Was, that was a fun conversation no, it, to go back and forth And I don't want anybody to. to get me wrong that I don't think the Tata would be good. I think he'd be great. Of course. I mean, you, you, know, you just I, look at him. He's got a, a wealth of coaching experience when you go down the list. He's, he's coached Paraguay as well. He's coached Argentina. Yeah. Uh, one small team in Europe. Um, oh, Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. So... In terms of doing the gig and, and being being able to cope with it, because trust me, if you're the Argentinian manager or you're the coach of Barcelona, you forget the word pressure. <laughs> you, you, you've had that 24-7 every day of your life until the day you leave that job. So in terms of that, he, he could cope with it, no worries. So, and he's obviously a really good coach. You don't get them, them, them jobs if you don't know what you're doing. So that's one. For me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Jesse Marsh fan. Now, obviously, great coach. 
Jesse's, I think that boat this particular time's gone for Jesse. They made the decision. He's gone to Red Bull Leipzig. He's in the Red Bull family. He will be the next coach of either, I would think, Salzburg, you know, in, in Austria. Or who knows? You know, Nagelson's got the job next year. Does he go and have one more year as the assistant with Nagelson at Red Bull Leipzig? I don't know, but he's, I think that's, yeah, Jesse is destined for good things in Europe. I really think that. So can I ask you this then? And I don't want to get too far off the national team discussion because this is a very good one. I want to stay on it. Do you think Jesse, with his timing of going to Europe to stay within the Red Bull family of clubs, if you will, but only as an assistant, do you think that he maybe jump ship a little too early where if he would have stayed here, he might have been the first name at the top of the U.S. men's national team head coaching list? Maybe, but does Jesse think that that can come around again? He's a young guy. Yeah. He's a young guy. He's got plenty of ambition. You know, I, I got on well with Jesse. I've spoke to him a lot. And actually, one of the guys working with him in Leipzig at this moment is a good friend of mine. But knowing Jesse, he's a smart guy. I no doubt he's thinking, I have a year to learn the language. And you know what he's like. He'll probably be speaking fluent within three or four months. You don't go to Princeton for nothing, do you? You know what I mean? So I think that, that, you know, that train will come around again for Jesse at some stage. Yeah, still only 44 years old. Obviously, that's a, a job that, you only get more and more experience. You're only going to be better for it later on. So maybe exactly. that's why he did make that jump. Maybe yeah. that was it wasn't for this go around, like you said. It's another. It's for the next one. But okay, then. So although the other name that's been thrown around a lot at, uh, thrown around a lot at the U.S. Men's National Team potential coaching hire, um, Greg Berhalter from Columbus. Yep. How do you feel about that? Is that a good decision? What do you think of Greg? Well, I think that once you've gone down this road of, would it be Tata? Maybe the language barrier might be an issue. But Tata with somebody like Tab Ramos as an assistant, Spanish speaker, obviously been in the, the U.S. circles, been in every sort of what, what he's every played. Role in, every in role, position yeah. within the and U.S. Now he's, and he's got a real in-depth knowledge now of all the younger teams because he's been coaching them. So something like that. But I think that Greg or Peter Vermees would be a great choice. Um, I know Peter's just signing a five-year deal um, with Kansas and... He's really, really integrated in what they're doing in this huge project. I think he's been a coach 11 years now. So he's doing a great job there. And Greg, I think Greg's probably what maybe one of the most innovative coaches in the league. You, you look at the way Columbus play. You catch him on a good day. You can beat them like we did a couple of times. You catch him on a bad day and you can get beat five or six because the things they do is a little bit different than everybody else. I think that Peter's probably a little bit more pragmatic than than Greg. My only worry for Greg, because I think he would be a great choice, but is, does he need more time with the group? You're talking day in and day out yeah. with the group to implement his style of play? The way he plays, I guarantee you he's working on that continually day after day after day. And when you get the national team job, we just spoke about it. You go away, they're away for, with you for eight days, nine days, two games. Maybe two days of travel. You ain't got a lot of time to start going through all this stuff, that, the real intricate plays that he does, the you know, the combination plays, the way they defend, the way that they attack, the transition. With club football, it's difficult enough. So if you've only got a, maybe two or three days of working in between each game, that might be a problem. But for me, I wouldn't look any further than Greg or Peter Vermees. Yeah, well, no, that's, that's really insightful. And that's a really good point you bring up about systematically the differences of having a national team coach ver- versus a club coach and, and how 
your hands-on approach with the players is very different and just how you communicate with the players, the mindset in which you get those players in because you get your guys every day. You see them every day. You can start to talk about that. And you start talking, well, national team, you only get them for a couple of days. Yeah, and you know, what's Greg been at Columbus now? Four, five years? Five years, yeah. So five years, and now, you know, every single... Every single day that them players are ingrained in the system and what they're doing. And sometimes it takes that time. This, the way that Columbus are playing now isn't like when Greg started five years ago. No, certainly not. So they, they gradually, you know, built and built on each different layers on this, on this system that they play and they're excellent at it now. Well, that feels a lot like when I was a young player and I came in to coach for you and you said, this is how we're going to play soccer. And I thought, well, Hold on, but we've been playing this way ever since, you know, before. And I got to this point. I I think I know everything. And then about six months in, and then well, you one, two, getting... three, four years in, I start going. How did I ever get to this point without this style of play? No, but you you understood that it took time. Yeah, of you course. Know, you know, two years in, were, were we the same group? Two years in, we were when we took over. Absolutely no, not unrecognizable. Yeah, but then you start to then you start to add PCs for the system because most of the guys have got it, and you know that's my that would be my only reservation a little bit for Greg. Oh. You know, just the sheer timing. But, you know, I think him or Peter would be a great choice. I really oh, do. Great, great discussion there, Jim. Well, cool. All right, we got one segment left. When we come back, a little bit of MLS news and notes. We'll kind of go around. We'll bring it back to the MLS level for the last segment. Since we don't have a game to necessarily preview, we'll, we'll take a look a bit at D.C. United, how they're doing uh, since they've made their uh, – it's almost like this transformation going to Audi Field. They've been a completely different team. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And as always, we'll end the show with another rate Cal's call. This one is – is a good one another incredible goal incredible goal call so there's still plenty more to come one of the best discussions we've had all year tonight it's been great on so many different levels club levels international levels and we'll make sure to update everyone on how the english Premier league pickums went because it was another good week for somebody and a not as good of a week for somebody else we'll let you know who that was when we return to the adrian heath show presented by heineken right here on 1500 espn this is the adrian heath show Presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Here we go. One final segment of tonight's Adrian Heath show. Presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Adrian, chance to go for a winning record tonight. You're one and one. He's got no shot at this one. There's zero chance you've got this one. He's got no shot at this one. Uh, Manny can't hear you if you don't hit the on button to your microphone. Manny, do you know how old I am? Well, guess high. Guess a really big number. <laughs> I will say seventy. You, you are an age where you you should you would know this song. This song came out around the same time the last song came out. Oh, really? Right around the same time period. Maybe even a little bit before. Let's just get on with it. You Go don't know this one. You have no idea. You don't know anything. Zap and Roger, do you? No. <laughs> two good two good friends of mine. This one is called More Bounce to the Ounce. There you go. You didn't know that one? And I'm, you could have said anything. I'd have gone, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's go, Manny yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah. Good guys, three. two. More Bounce to the Ounce. My God. Bad guys, one. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I knew I knew you were only going to get one tonight. Yeah, 
John Lennon's turning in his grave, thinking of more bounce than the ounce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. If we give you John Lennon, you'll go three for three, and nobody yeah. nobody likes that. Majority rules here. You've lost again. Yep. There you go. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, we enjoy it. Uh, what we did last segment was we blew right through what we normally do in segment three, which is talk English Premier League. Mm-hmm. And the reason we did that, it was such a good discussion about national teams, national team managers, the U.S. men's national team, and who potentially will be the next manager for that. So let's not get away from a weekly bit that we normally do where we predict in what I've now coined as predictums. Yep. Who's going to win five matches each week? You've got to get guess it correctly. Win, lose, or draw. You've got to call it. Last week, we had five matches. We'll go through it quickly because there's still a lot we want to get to in this final segment. Adrian, I went three and two. You won again. And you went two and three. Uh-huh. Four weeks in a row. I'm closing I'm slowly, though. Very slowly. Yeah. Uh, right now, the current standings, you are 8-12. Eight, eight and 12. Yeah. I am 14-6. and six. Okay. All right. Still plenty to go. I say that not because I'm bragging. I'm saying yeah, that sure. because you're I'm there. You've got very that, you've got that, surprised. You've got that smirk <laughs> on your face that you always have. When I've said to you in the past, take that smirk off it your face. It is a good, good <laughs> night. That story, by the way, the get to the smirk <laughs> off your face is one of my favorite stories ever. We'll tell it one day. We'll, we'll tell it before tell the end of the season. There we go. That is one yeah. of the, the best stories that we have in all the years we've known each other. So there is a international break this week, uh-huh. not only for your teams, but for your league with MLS. Uh, well, there will be a few games, but for the most part, most of the league is off, Minnesota United included. Uh, the English Premier League will take this weekend off as well. I've got five games for match day five, but that's not until September 15th. We'll wait. You want to wait on those? Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there are some good ones, by the way. Okay. And I'll give you a little teaser. Tottenham is hosting Liverpool September 15th. Well, let's see who comes back fit and healthy. Oh, look, spoken like a well, true coach. These well, guys go away for international so, duty. I'm ready on, to whoa, get whoa, on whoa. the guessing. So, Tottenham play, uh, England play this weekend. Dilly Alley gets injured. Uh, Rose gets injured. Harry Kane gets injured. It's, you think that has effect on no, that game? No, absolutely does. All right, okay. yeah, it's, it's way right. more analytical and, and absolutely spot on. You're right, Liverpool, that's why you're the head coach. And, and then Liverpool go to Wembley to play, and uh, Salah's got injured. Don't you say, don't you say yeah, that. Don't you speak that. Yeah, you go. <laughs> and then Firmino gets injured with uh, Brazil, and Sané gets injured for Senegal. By the way, Brazil will be uh, will be playing El Salvador in the nation's capital the night before mm, Minnesota think, United plays D.C. United. I think I might be going. I, I think, think I might be there as well. Okay, that'll be nice. See, it's always good to see Brazil playing it. Hopefully, yeah. Well, especially when they bring their Although, stacked I roster think, like that. I, I think they might be a little bit... Uh, a little bit too much for El Salvador to no, handle on the I night? No, I think the crowd might be f- more El Salvadorian. Apparently, that's their, that's their venue when they play in the States. So, though, in Saran, a good friend of ours, will hopefully be playing for uh, El Salvador. And uh, I would think they'll get a great crowd. That will be an exciting matchup. That will be at FedEx Field in D.C., uh, big matchup there, but also the night after that, Minnesota United will take on DC United yep. at Audi Field. And the reason I say it's at Audi Field is because that's kind of where the revelation has been for DC United this season. Once they started playing in Audi Field, and once they got an Englishman, uh, Adrian uh-huh. Rooney <laughs> should be Adrian Could Rooney. It's actually Wayne Rooney. Yeah, almost was. Yeah, Wayne Rooney has been exceptional since he's been here. Four goals, five assists. Been influential with the team. Audi Field has been big. Uh, what have you seen from DC United? And we'll talk more about it next week. So we'll get a quick, give us a quick sixty-second breakdown of what you expect. Um, obviously, incredible bounce out to the new stadium, 
Wayne's come in, and then that play where he chased back, they were going to score the goal against Orlando. 2-2, Orlando had an open goal. And then puts the incredible ball in. Luciano Acosta gets the hat-trick, the header across Joe Bendick. Shorter than both of you and I, by the way. Sorry, yeah. One of the few guys in the league. Yeah, I should have signed him. (laughs) (laughs) Just to sit next to us in pictures. Him and Dory next to me. So, uh, yeah, and it was, you know, it was... from then, they've just had this incredible role. You know, they beat Atlanta, which is no easy feat. Then they, they beat Portland, they beat Orlando, they beat New England. So they've been on a roll at home, and, you know, Acosta's caught fire. And I, I look at Acosta now, and I don't know if you've noticed, every time he scores a goal or he does something good, he looks straight over to Wayne for some sort of confirmation. And I think that, I don't know if you saw after the game last week, Wayne Rooney says this kid has the ability to be one of the great players. Wow! So he's playing I didn't with see that. he's playing with great confidence, and you know you look at Acosta, you look at Yamil Assad, the kid they took from Atlanta, and Paul Ariola. That's a good front four. It's not bad. You know, there's a bit of everything in there, a bit of pace, a bit of guile, a bit of ingenuity. There's you know a little bit of everything in there. So hey, and if they have any chance of making that playoff spot, they've got to keep this going. And if we've got any chance of keeping the season season alive. It's a huge night for us as well. All to play for for both teams. That matchup again coming. That'll be the next Minnesota United matchup. That'll be September 12th mm-hmm. in the nation's capital. Um, we will be out there for that matchup. And then we will go straight to Salt Lake for that matchup. Yep. Again, we'll dive into that more next week on the Adrian Heath Show. But as we start to wrap the show, we go into everyone's favorite segment, Rate Cal's Call. Now what this is, we will play a goal call. From play-by-play commentator Callum Williams, he gives an exquisite goal call after each and every goal. What we do then is we play it back, we break it down, you give it a score, Adrian, 0-10. to This week we're going to go back to when Minnesota United played against the Seattle Sounders at home. A guy you just mentioned, Darwin Quintero, scores an incredible effort. After a 40-yard 1-2 between Miguel Abarra and Alexi Gomez, the ball (laughs) comes back in. Darwin Quintero does what he does. He scores a goal. Cal gives the goal call. And Adrian, it is time for you now to rate Cal's call. Barra's ball in. Gomez across. Challenge underneath it, but picked up anyway by Ibarra. Here's Quintero. It's Quintero! He is an inspiration. I love the crowd noise in the background, by the yeah. way. You hear TCF just kind of explode. This one was a little bit shorter on adjectives. I thought my I thought my tape had broke. I thought my earphones had broke when I just got inspiration. That was it. If we it set it's he sets the standard so high, and to be fair, the actual uh clip cut off short from where I pulled it from tonight. <laughs> so that was on me. Hand up on me. There was more to it, but that's all that uh that we could find. So we got to get out of here, but before we do, we need a score, Adrian. Six. A six? Yeah, six. I'm Hand sorry. Hand up on me, Cal. That one's bad. That one. That one's my bad. I the can't Quintero believe... The had shades of Aguero, yeah. which was good, but just an inspiration. I need I need more, Cal. Well, he's getting married. His mind's elsewhere. I'll do better next week for you, Cal, too. All the best in your wedding, Cal. Adrian, thanks again for another great show. We appreciate it. Cheers. Manny Hill, thank you so much. You got and it. thank you so much for listening at home. We have a great time doing this. We hope you enjoy it. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This was the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken, right here on 1500 ESPN.
You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports wire. Hi, this is Daniel Roo of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.